Yo, welcome back to That Guy Show. I'm William. I'm Matt. That Guy Show is a podcast for men, about men, by men, with men, as men. Amen. What's up, dude? What's going on, Will? Not too much. Trying to get everything uh, going. You know how I am in the studio, always rearranging the studio. So, Yeah, now that no one comes to the studio because you're quarantined, you've got it all nice. Right. It's like a five-star uh, It's a five star studio over there for yourself. It, it is. Well, it's kind of like a five-star storage unit today. But hopefully by the end of, as soon as I'm getting, I'm getting a new laptop, I'm getting rid of my old laptop. As soon as that comes in, I'll be able to finish the whole setup because, you know. You wanted to get that, that silicone chip. Is that what it's called? I did. I got that. Uh, the silly, that, the silly chip. That M1 Apple silly. Um, yeah. I'm excited for it. But you, I don't know if you've experienced this yet. I, I think your wife has, but I don't think she really has experienced it. But I'm going from having certain io on my laptop to only having two usb-c ports now and none of my stuff is usb-c so i'm trying to figure out the dongle situation the docking situation a lot of dongle needing to happen right so that that's what i'm like kind of waiting for to finish off the studio to see what parts and pieces i may need yeah you're gonna need uh you're gonna need some pieces what are you drinking there will Mm. you got a little uh you got a little fancy little fancy whiskey no, I uh, switched no it up, and um, I was at the store, and I found some Bananas Foster Banana Spiced Rum, so I'm doing that rum drink nice. today, and it's- uh, Is that like a local company? It, is that like a, that's like a Louisiana rum? It is, man. 504 is the name of the company. F- oh, yeah. 504 rum. What? Which is our area code here. It's made with local sugarcane. Oh, local sugarcane. Yeah. Because, I mean, unlike importing sugarcane from, like, Wisconsin or something. It's all made in New Orleans. It um, it says it's handmade, and I believe it because... Does, does handmade... Now, during COVID, is handmade an actual positive? I mean, like, some dude's hands were, like, in the mix of making that? I hope so. that's a little disturbing. I hope so. Because it's got handwritten I mean, stuff on the bottle letting you know what oh, the yeah, alcohol... Oh, yeah, dude, that handwritten stuff, that's legit. Content is... I mean, I can do that, I can do that with a little graphic artist and a printer, but um, I think that's legit written on. So, evidently, the name of the company is not 504. Maybe that's the series or the... Uh, the line of rum this is because there was another one that said 504 as well the bottle's kind of fun and good looking and stuff like that as well but i think the name of the company company is happy raptor distilling llc so Ooh, happy raptor happy wrapping distiller no raptor you should look them up on the secretary of state's website and then go uh do some drive-bys raptor like dinosaur anyway oh yeah oh look oh it, it came with a is that a temporary tattoo no that'd be cool though I know this is backwards, but happy Raptor. Oh, that was like the little tag. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, dude, I was actually looking for a temporary tattoo the other day uh, in the store. I was like in the dollar store. I was like, dude, we should get some temporary tattoos. It's also gluten-free, so the wife can drink it. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Is there a lot of gluten in, in rum and other alcohol? There's a lot of gluten in flavored things. Oh, yeah. Flavorings okay. right. can have gluten in it. But I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. So what does it taste like? Is it like, is it like super like brown sugar and buttery and banana overload? So it's got a decent color. Um, it is a spiced rum. So I'll say this. The, the first hit that I get as a non-drinker who's becoming a drinker in a non-alcoholic way. Right. right? Week two. Uh, yeah, um, day two. This still ha- hits me with alcohol right off the bat. Yeah, you get like that strong, right? but that's just you getting used to it. Probably by the fourth or fifth sip, it's probably a little better. Maybe it needs to be watered down a little bit. It's a lot yeah. harsh. It's a lot less harsh down the throat than that. Uh, what's that called? Knob creep. Knob. I almost creep called is. it hobnob. Um, but on the exhale, I get some subtle hints of banana and uh, cinnamon, mm. which kind of makes sense for the bananas foster portion. You know, maybe maybe like, like a brown but you, but sugar it's not cinnamon. Like, but it's not like that peanut butter whiskey where it's like super, super sweet. Well, the peanut butter this whiskey that I tame. have, I don't feel like is sweet. I just feel like it Which just tastes like have? peanut you, butter. You have screwball? No. I've got a bird. Which one you have, Skippy? Bird dog. Skippy dog? Dog the yeah, Skippy? Yeah, bird dog. Bird dog. But I did find when I was at the, the local store, uh, hashtag not a sponsor, shout out to Equistapace. Uh, when I was at there to go buy the alcohol... They had the bird dog brand whiskeys, but they've got like a bunch of different whiskey uh, flavors, like blueberry. Can you hear me pouring my whiskey in my glass? Barely. I can see it. So I was like, if I wasn't looking at you, I wouldn't have been able to hear it. Um, (laughs) If you heard that in the background, that was me pouring a little bit of my whiskey into my Glencairn glass over here. Um, This is little Isaac little Isaac Bowman is a Virginia whiskey. Yeah. Were, you, were you supposed to drop that um, off at my house? Were you going to drop something off at my house this week? I was going to drop something off your house. I just didn't have okay. time. Okay. I didn't know I, if I lost it or, you know, I just have a no, bad no, friend. No, I was. This wasn't what I was going to drop off. But <laughs> uh, my favorite, honestly, my favorite rye, I mean, it's a whiskey rye, is um, Basil Hayden's Dark Rye. Okay. And it actually literally has port wine, like, in like mixed with it. Like, yeah. they put port wine Wait, didn't, in it. Weren't you drinking that last week? Yes, I love that. And so this I found. So I got. I was told by a by a um, a whiskey or really an, an uh, someone that we both know that works in the alcohol sales field and sells alcohol to different stores, distribute distributing little export and import yeah, yeah, yeah. the alcohol. Anyway, he told me that all the whiskey snobs shop at uh, Piggly Wiggly in Madisonville, and so hmm. I drove out there. And uh, found this found this little gem, and it's finished in port barrels. And so, since my favorite whiskey's got a little port in it, I thought I'd try this, and it is exceptional. It's like bur- it's like the love of bourbon and that love of that dark rye, uh, all in the same thing. So I really do like this a lot. It wasn't expensive; it was like thirty dollars bottle. So um, the Bowman, there's a whole bunch of different Bowman whiskeys out there, and they name them different things. But it's a Pioneer Spirit. Um, yeah, definitely, a, definitely a fan. I, apparently port, I don't even know what port wine is. I know it's super sweet, but apparently I like it cause I like all whiskeys that have the word that have any kind of port barrel or port included yeah, in their yeah. uh, creation. So there you go. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So now that we went through our, uh, our drink selections for the night, Will, um, what are we talking about today, Will? Dude. So today we're going to be talking about. UFOs. 
UFOs. Are we talking about UFOs or are we talking about aliens or both? Both, I guess, right? I mean, the, the, what is it? The, there's the monolith, right? Yeah, the monolith. But that's all, that's all just like pranksters. I mean, like art or art people. Yeah, but no one knows anything. Dude, how do you know it's that? I, I heard the one in, uh, I thought the one in, uh, whatchamacallit was like, the, the group already took credit for it. What group? It was like a group of people that took credit for it out in, uh, where was it? It was the one in the U.S. I know they've had them all over the world, but the one in the U.S. that they just discovered not that long ago. Yeah, I mean, so the original monolith was found in San Juan County, Utah, uh, United States, for our foreign uh, listeners. Um, but yeah, similar uh, artifacts have uh, subsequently been reported worldwide, and um, I don't see anything saying that it's been anybody's like taken credit for it. There's been people who have taken credit for destroying it. I did hear about that. That's really and being <laughs> pretty racist about it. <laughs> the devil, the devil made that monolith. Yeah, got to destroy it. So the, I think there was some that were like, uh, like I'm reading right here that there was two. Pittsburgh monoliths, but they were made by local businesses for promotional purposes. Um, but yeah, dude, they're just like a, they're just appearing. So I'm on the Wikipedia page and I'm looking, I'm like, okay, there's just like one or two that have popped up that I've heard of. Dude, it's freaking Morocco, Austria, Belgium, Czech Republic, Finland. Okay, let's get out of Europe. Let's go to North America. Alberta, British Columbia, Arkansas, California, Michigan. We ain't got one in Louisiana, but Texas had one. Uh, let's go to Oceania, South Australia, Victoria, Central America, Panama, the Bahamas, Bolivia, Colombia. Dude, Iran has had one. Dude, there's there's like umpteen million that people that have seen these things or have come across them. And looking at the dates on, I guess, when they were discovered, they were all discovered in the past like month and a half. It's not like it's been all of 2020, dude. That's a lot. Well, I mean, and like, I'm even looking here on the Utah one. I got pictures of it. I mean, they got rivet holes for screws in there. Just saying, it's not, it, I mean, they got, I'm looking at the rivet holes right here. Yeah. You know, they got screws in there. So you're saying the aliens don't have screws and rivets? No, I'm just saying it doesn't look extraterrestrial by nature. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But, I mean, I think you have two different worlds going on here. And I don't know how you... I told you to watch this new documentary on, on Amazon Prime that came out this year called Phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it? No. No, of course you didn't. So, uh, I told you to watch it because, I mean, well, one, the guy the guy who made it was on the Joe Rogan show not that long ago, maybe a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And... um. There was this account that I heard about years ago because I just love following UFO stuff. Um, and it was about these kids in Zimbabwe. And uh, it was like uh, like hundreds of kids that apparently had a, I believe it's a close encounter of the third kind. Is that when you, mm. or is it the first kind? When you actually like face to face with an alien person or being. Mm. Um, you can You can Google that maybe. Uh, have our producer look that up while we talk. Yes. Um, but anyway, 
my point was is that I've always been intrigued by that story because it was a crazy sounding story. And it was like, and, and honestly, it was like the guy who made the movie, a phenomenon, said that it was actually Steven Spielberg that told him. It was like they had a mutual friend. He was trying to interview him for a whole other documentary. This guy does documentary on unsolved things and UFOs and stuff like that. And uh, and actually was told by him, through by Steven Spielberg, through this person they know, like, dude, like, if you want to really look at something, you've got to go interview these kids in uh, Zimbabwe. Yeah. And like he heard about it too, but he's kind of a skeptic, even though that's what he does is these like, you know, he was like, oh, there's no way that's true. That's, that's just ridiculous. I mean, that's like, so like, if that was true, this is what he was saying. It was like, if that was true, it'd be on every major news network. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it wouldn't need me to go there. There's hundreds of collaborating witnesses to having an encounter with another oh being from another, you know, that would be on all the news channels. And so that was 1994. Wow. And so he goes uh, in the last year and he gets these a bunch of these different students. This was a, a really well-to-do school in Zimbabwe. There was kids there from like all – like, you know, a lot of the parents there had moved there and they – you know, there was like kids from like Britain and there was kids from – you know, local there in Zimbabwe. Most of them were born in Zimbabwe, but their parents were from like Britain or Asia or India. And they were just like, uh, but it was a lot of like really well to do kids. And uh, cause it's interesting in the interviews, they're interviewing them in English. And like a lot of the kids have like British accents, you know what I mean? Right, right. Like, I saw it in the woods. It was crazy. You know, and you're like, what? <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, so that story, hearing it on the movie phenomenon on, um, Prime that I watched it on Prime. Yeah. Actually, now hearing now, them let me just, now as adults talk about it, it was it was pretty like yeah, just mind blowing. I just want to come in and say he's not talking about the movie with um, John Travolta phenomenon. Yeah, right. Yeah, You're not, talking about a documentary a of, that just came out. Was, yeah, 2020. And so this this documentary. Um, well, first I didn't realize this, but our producer just hit me. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so Richard just came back and told me that there are s seven close encounters. Right? I thought there was only three in that famous movie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Third Kind. Uh, so the first kind is a visual sighting of a flying, like of a UFO that is uh, less than 500 feet. So that's the first one. Uh, second is in which a physical effect is alleged. This can be interference in the functioning of a vehicle or electronic device type deal. That's a close encounter of the second kind. A close encounter of the third kind is uh, UFO encounters in which an animated entity is present. These include humanoids, robots, humans, who seem to be occupants or pilots of a UFO. Um, all right, so here's some of the extensions of, I guess, what's called uh, Hynix scale. The fourth kind is an event in which a human is abducted by a UFO. The fifth kind uh, involves direct communication between aliens and humans. This type of close encounter um, was described by this group um, as like a bilateral contact experiences through like conscious, voluntary, or proactive human-initiated mm -hmm. cooperative communication. Um, the sixth kind is a death of a human or animal associated with the UFO sighting. So this could be, which I didn't know was actually way more common than I thought. Like, cause as a, as a person, alleged, just, right. 
Right. Well, as as a as a person that likes to um, follow this stuff, I actually was very unaware of how many like because most of it seems kind of I, I would say peaceful. You know, being abducted uh, or the experience of being abducted. It, it's not a pleasant experience, but you mostly survive. I didn't realize there was a lot of like death and carnage uh, left behind, right. uh, but which does happen. Uh, and I anyway, yeah, that, that was actually on the Joe Rogan the, this last Joe Rogan podcast where they had the director of this guy and the French scientist or whatever. He um, he actually illuminated a bunch of cases where actually yeah, like there have been some non pleasant experiences. Uh, that do result in in like death or whatever but um that's crazy and yeah, uh, but, uh the seventh kind is the creation of a human alien hybrid either by sexual reproduction or by artificial whoa, that, scientific like, does that methods take nine months or is that just like that's just like alien like i don't know just pops out in a few minutes I don't know but i'm just saying that's the seventh kind so it sounds like the kind that we are kind of talking about on this show is uh first kind um well well not the zimbabwe kids the zimbabwe kids they uh they they actually it was third and i believe fifth um so so like just just imagine this okay yeah you got 110 kids running around outside playground there it's like you know it's a i mean you know they're like countryside and you know it's a nice safe environment the teachers all go inside for a staff meeting okay right Freaking UFO just just lands like over a hill, like you know, just they all see it come down. All the kids run towards it because I mean, what else are you gonna do? It lands in a field. They all go running out there, and dude, they all have the same story. And it's it to this day, we like hearing them talk as adults on this show phenomenon was just pretty remarkable. Um, they all see the same thing. I mean, you're classic alien. I mean, honestly, like long eyes, weird head, like yeah dressed in all black, you know, and he was little, he was like a little, like little, like he was their size, you know? And, uh, and he was, and I think there was somebody else in the ship, you know, but he was just outside of the little saucer thing. And, uh, they just, I mean, they were like close, like they were like with like ran up to them, like within, like you could high five them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And some of the kids were crying, and fr- I mean, there's 110 kids, so some kids are wigging the f out. Other kids are just standing there. Some get real close. Some are like way back on the hill. Um, and there's like a stare off, and all the kid, many of the kids, they all have a very similar experience. They felt like they heard a message, like the alien uh, being uh, basically communicated to them something along these lines, like. Your technology is dangerous. Yeah. You need, you're, you're, you're going in the wrong direction. It's too dangerous, this technology. Something like that. And like they, they felt this like communication, like, you know, and then, uh, and then, yeah, dude, and like the guy in the, like the saucer or the being in the saucer was like, said, you know, came out and the other guy went back in and like flew off. Mm. And like all these kids are like, what the f- just happened, you know? But like, to this day, hearing them as adults talk about it, it's kind of crazy because there's like there was reporters that went there. I mean, there was like there was a media dust up. I mean, that's how like it became a somewhat of a national story, but not like on CNN, NBC. It was just like you know, it was still there. You yeah, know what I mean, and um, and so people interviewed them. There's all these interviews of them as little kids, 
and uh, them all saying what they saw. They all drew pictures in school. They had them all draw, you know, crayons and what they drew. And I mean, they all drew the same thing. Very, very similar things. Got dressed in all black, you know, big long eyes. And then this, but the, it was the communication and the feeling of a communication of different people that was so interesting. Cause I'm thinking like, okay, you know, somebody would, did somebody say that? And then like all these kids just internalize that. Like, oh yeah, I felt that too. They said that to me, you know, like, but it was like these these people were just like, you know, just very successful, normal people. They were just like, yeah, they're like, I mean, some of them were like, hadn't talked about it in 20 years. I mean, since 1994. I mean, since it happened and they moved away, they were like, I just stopped talking about it. Because, I mean, you know, who wants to be the crazy person that saw an alien? Right. You know, exactly. And uh, but like they could remember all of it clear as day. Um, it, it was just, I mean, it is an interesting thing. I mean, you can't watch the, all those kids and see that story and not be like, they saw something. I mean, heck, it could be a hoax. Could have been, yeah. you know, could have been a, could have been a foreign government trying to see like, oh, how easy is it to convince people, you know, that aliens will fly down a craft in this small man suit. And I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess you could create something like that. But it's like, I just don't see how you could get that many kids to lie about something like that for 20 years. Consistent. You know, of all different ages. You yeah. Know? Well, um, so like I'm trying to look up stuff on the movie and um, the documentary. And some of the reviews came in. And so this is why we picked uh, for our theme song for the week is um, was uh, an Angels and Airwaves like new song that just dropped uh, not too long ago and with Tom DeLonge, right? Um, who was the one of the lead singers of Blink-182, uh, original, right? So his quote is just an awesome documentary. And then underneath that quote, it says, Tom DeLonge, co-founder, to the Stars Academy of Arts and Science. Um, it doesn't say anything about Blink-182, um, of who he is. So I go to their website, and he's the co-founder, chairman of the board. He's the interim CEO. Um, he has... Uh, a whole bunch of other people on the board and executives and advisory board members and all this stuff. And nobody seems to be in like music. They all seem to be like PhDs. They're all doctors. Well, you know? so earlier this year, or maybe it might've been last year, he leaked a video from the air force or from the Pentagon about the now known as the Tic Tac video. And it has been confirmed by the government that was released this year in 20. I mean, this was the year 2020. Everyone's so, you know, the end of the world, the man. Over. It was like, well, hell, we might as well just release some alien shit and see, you know, mm -hmm. if I mean, maybe people see it, maybe they don't. I mean, this is like the time where you're like, hell, aliens? Sure, why not? In fact, the idea that uh, random alien beings can like appear over nuclear sites and turn off the nukes whenever they want actually gives me a little bit of a comfort. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always like, oh, well, at least, you know, if we start nuking each other, maybe the aliens will show up and save us. But maybe. could they also turn them on if they can yeah, turn them they on? they would have just done that if they wanted to. But if they haven't wanted to yet, yet, maybe they'll want to tomorrow. Maybe so, but I feel like they would have a cleaner energy. They would have a cleaner energy way of killing us all. Right. Um, and then they would just reap the planet for our resources. Maybe. They'd probably kill us with a disease because that seems to be a very effective way. If they really wanted to, they could just unleash some like awful. Yeah. Anyway. So I'm looking. No, I did not see the phenomenon, but it looks like there's a lot of influential people 
that are either in this documentary or there's at least um you know sound bites and oh, no, no, they, old they, interviews so he interviewed he interviewed John Boehner he interviewed uh, another guy from the like Pentagon defense i mean these people that have t- are speaking out who are in those positions where they had top secret information um so that's the interesting part i mean he really focuses on the most I mean, like for somebody who's into UFOs, watching phenomenons like I already know all this crap. I'm watching this like but he only covers all of the stuff that is the most verified, the most uh, accountable cases that have occurred. So, like, uh, for example, like credited cast that's in this movie is like Bill Clinton. Yeah. John Podesta, Harry Reid, Bill Richardson. Like there's there's a list of names of of not just like influential people in this uh, UFO, I don't know what I'm, the word I'm looking for, you know, group or whatever. Um, But there's like legit, you know, presidents that have been, that are in this film. Now, are they, are they like interviewed or is it just like sound clips or? I think the, uh, so um, Harry Reid and the other um, U.S., I don't know, is it defense or Pentagon person? Mm-hmm. They're like interviewed. Um, the President Clinton is is clips from when he was interviewed. Right, okay. I think about it. I don't know if, I don't think he was directly interviewed. Um, but like, you know, he was a person, actually there was a few presidents that had um, some very- Gerald direct, Ford, I think was one of them. Gerald Ford was one. I mean, when he was a senator, they tried to cover up one in his district, it, a famous UFO sighting. And he was, you know, quote on the front page of the paper, being like, "This is the biggest bunch of BS I've ever heard." Right. I can't remember which which sighting it was, <laughs> but I mean, like, and and so he made efforts once he got in, you know. Right. But um, you know, Bill Clinton joked. He was like, "He's like, I, he's like, I can't even get to. They won't even tell me." Right. You know what I mean? Like that's how deep this some of this stuff is, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, part of the the thing that always, it's like this is always the case with um. I guess you what people call conspiracy theories, right? Right. When the government lies or just lies and tries to propagandize you, which they do all the time, which is then when they, they just want you to have one opinion, or like you could say something like as silly as, you know, like in the pandemic when they didn't want people to go buy masks, they told them they didn't need masks and it wasn't a big deal, it didn't do anything, right? Right. Because they didn't want people to buy masks because they needed it for frontline workers. So instead of just being honest and saying, hey, look, everybody, here's a situation, you know, if you could just like hold off for a few weeks and everyone stay in quarantine and we need to like make some some PPE or whatever and like get it around. Instead of just doing that, you you, you lie. I mean, you, you propagandize people, you tell them something that's not true to make, make them behave in a certain way. And then you end up getting conspiracy theories. They do that all the time. And so it's like that is just a classic government thing. And so when it comes to UFOs. And, um, you know, interdimensional or inner other planetary beings or things we don't technologies that yeah. don't exist on this earth, elements that don't exist on this earth, like are known to exist on this earth, like that kind of stuff. It's like they keep it from you. And then when it's exposed, they lie about it, which just makes you want to believe. I mean, you know, at that point, you're like, once you're caught lying about it, they did that on 9-11. They lied about so much shit about 9-11 yeah. because they were trying to like save face. They just wanted to like make it go away. They wanted to just kill a dude, like find it, just kill Osama bin Laden and just 
that was it. And then they just like the government just try just got caught up in lies. You know, one of the biggest is of course whatever happened to that building that that got knocked down, the one that was two blocks away from the uh, World Trade Center, World Trade mm-hmm. Center building, whatever. You know, I mean it's like that building got blown up. Uh, but it was blown up. I don't know what you would call it. It was not like knocked down by some weird like like not a piece of shrapnel touched it and then it like crumbled, which is what they told us. It was like oh, was the earth was shaking and you know some buildings yeah. just crumble when the earth shakes. I mean, it, like you watch this building, it just straight up like blew up and was just demolished. There's all buildings all around it, buildings across the street, down the block. It wasn't even like next door to the World Trade Center. Right, like, right. It was down the block, but I mean, like, so you did. So you're trying to cover up, like, you don't want us to know. Like, I don't know, did they actually plant bombs in the World Trade Center? So they, they blew it. They hit. They hit it with bomb with a with a plane. Then they they struck some some explosives because that just makes you look like complete idiots. If yeah. they were able to actually put explosives in there, we'll never know because the 9/11 Commission was just a bunch of bullshit lies. And I'm not like trying to conspiracy theory about it. Like they just covered up shit and they lied about it. Like things that are medically, scientifically proven, like the existence of this. Um, anyway, I'm not going down the 9-11 rabbit hole. But my point is, is that most of the time it's like people think of things as like super nefarious just because people try to cover up stuff and they tell you, oh, don't look there. That's not really, that's not what you see. You didn't see that. And you're like, no, we saw it and you don't want to tell us why, but let's talk about it. It's probably not that bad. If I have to create a conspiracy theory around it, it'll probably be twice as awful as the truth. So if you just be honest with people and be like, look, dude, we got this is a crazy shit that happened. Yeah. You know, like um, we, we we let our guard down and, you know, this stuff like, you know, anyway. So I think the same thing is true with, you know, the UFOs. You know, they have matter and elements and technologies that they didn't understand. They still don't understand. And the people that worked on those projects, you know, now speak out about it. And, you know, we can see like the advancements that have occurred um, um, with like elements and stuff like that. Anyway, I find it all very interesting personally. Right, right. Oh, yeah. When I was talking about it, you know, I made my wife watch the movie and it was kind of fun because she enjoyed it. She didn't want to. She was like, I don't want to watch this stupid stuff, you know. And it was like, but the newest video that came out, just a newest photo and there's a video that accompanies it is about um, these Tic Tacs that now they're calling it nickname is Tic Tacs, like a little flying saucer that actually is coming up out of the water, just shoots up straight out the water. And this fighter pilot catches it on freaking video, just shoots up right out of the water. Like, boop, boop, boop. oh, shit, look, it's you. Yeah. And like, you know, zooms off, you know? Yeah, the I Tic-tac saw that video. video. Yeah, well, the, the the video, the Tic Tac video that that you're probably re- referencing is the is the guy from the Blink One Eighty Two guy that he got help released. That guy, the, the 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 lieutenant, Lieutenant Favors, he's been talking about it now for a few years. But he was like, dude, he's like, he's the guy who's literally driving the plane, like on the audio, like, what the fuck is that, you know? Right. Like, and they're like, do you have yeah. a lock on it? Like, I got a lock on it. What they what they don't what you don't often realize is like okay so they're just doing like a training exercise but when they're out there and they're tracking they have like a rendezvous point right which is like way back wherever you know yeah so they got this guy it's there it's kind of flying around them they're trying to maneuver around it it's doing stuff that we have no like how does it even move like that and then it disappears and it appears on radar back 
at the rendezvous point, like at like their rendezvous point, like shit happened. That's where you go back to, you know, it peered over there, looked around a little bit and then peaced. It was like it knew where their rendezvous, these other flying objects, it was able to know where their rendezvous. Like it hacked into over. their system to know yeah. that there's two way communication going on yeah. right now. Yeah, That's he nuts. popped over there, scanned some stuff, like, all right, these people are cool, whatever, and then goes. And there's been a few other situations like that where they might be under the water. As that was my joke. I was like, dude, it's like with freaking aliens, they're under the water. It's like it's like the first Star Wars movie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so there is a uh, what was that what was that annoying character from the first Star Wars movie? Jar Jar Binks? Yes, Jar Jar Binks. People hate Jar Jar Binks. I don't. I don't mind Jar Jar Binks. I. I don't. People either. hate on him so much. I'm like, you know what? Aliens apparently live underwater, and they could be Jar Jar Binks. What do we know? <laughs> the, I'm on the website for um, uh, to the Stars Academy, and they have an app. Ooh. Okay. So this app is. Um, does it allow you to like report sightings and stuff? Yes. That is so cool. And evidently you can also access the database of these sightings as well, which it sounds like the database is called Scout. Um, I can't find the app on my phone at all. But big um, tech censorship. I don't know. The end of the free end of end of free speech. That's what's happening right now. So Scout and Vault and Scout or Vault stands for Virtual Analytics UAP, which I don't know what that is. Um, some kind of protocol, I'm, sh- I'm assuming. A learning tool. And it aims to be the world's most comprehensive intelligence tool for collecting, analyzing, and reporting unidentified aerial phenomenon. Maybe that's what that is. UAP. Unidentified aerial phenomena. Um, anyone will be able to instantly tap into the database via the Scout mobile app which I had up, but I could not find on my phone, um, to contribute and access real-time information on the phenomena globally. The Vault will use proprietary AI to find patterns in data from Scout and cross-reference information from other global databases to find answers in places we couldn't see before. Wow. That's a wonderful definition. Right? So I just think it's nuts. Like, um, what's is out there and what people are doing. Like you always think of these just being kind of like maybe nut job conspiracy theorists and stuff like that. Um, and there's a, there's kind of a part of me that's like, what if it's true? I feel like, Will, you're the kind of guy that hasn't really, like you haven't really watched hours of testimony of people who have claimed to work on UFO, you know, spaceships from other Places with technologies we're unaware of, whatever you want to describe these things as. Yeah, yeah. You're like aware of them, but you're like you never like sat there and like watched like like Bob Lazar. You, have you ever seen an interview with Bob Lazar, one of the more famous, uh, you know, like scientists who's worked on these things in laboratories and then so came the, out about it. The name does sound slightly familiar now. I will preface this in saying that I used to, back in the day when I was younger, is I used to stay up late and listen, excuse me, and listen to Coast to Coast. Oh, yeah. Coast to Coast oh, AM. yeah. And uh, so that, that's a show that used to come on. It's like a four-hour show. I, I, think, it's, I think it still comes on. Um, 
Let's see here. When I would drive late at night, when I'd be on the road, oh my gosh, when Coast to Coast would come on. And the thing that I loved about it was, okay, so, I mean, the guy on Coast to Coast, I mean, it's it's phenomenon, it's supernatural, it's spiritual, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it, it's all kinds of stuff going on. Oh, yeah. On that show. But it's a whole nother world. It's a whole nother framework of thinking. I mean, it is wild. It's just, it was a wonder for me. I just it was such a wonderful to listen to. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on that show where you're like, I mean, that, I guess that's what makes George Ori. I don't know like him like if he's just like you know a believer in everything. But the but I think as a doing what he does. His job is just to flush it out, ask questions of everybody. It doesn't matter if you're like a supernatural shaman, right. if you're like a an exorcist priest, if you're he'll interview you and just ask you questions and it's like He's like the Joe Rogan of the uh paranormal the and paranormal. stuff. I mean cuz cuz everyone he interviews, like he doesn't have it, it, he's never really he doesn't seem to be arguing an opinion almost ever. And I mean, of course I've only listened to him a very small portion. Right. I mean I've listened to him for years, but just it's not like I'm like an expert, but like he just he just had that way about him where his number one goal was to get the most get understand what you where you're coming from, all your cool stories, flush them out of you. He's sort of like agreeing with you and helping you tell your story, and it's very rarely ever trying to like combatively debate with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so when you listen to the show, it's like they'll just talk about stuff like it's just you know totally normal you know like yeah. just create like telepathic shit and just i don't know this is they're just talking about stuff you're like are you just are you so, talking about like moving things with your mind like is that is that thing that we just accepting that that happens right now right i don't i don't know so let, let me ask you then because you've been doing some of your research and, and you're you've been watching some videos and and do you think that there is life out there are we alone? Well, we are life, and we are out here. No, no, don't go philosophical. <laughs> Do you think there's life out there? Um, yeah, I think that there are. I think that there's possibly. I, I don't know the. I don't know the best scientific way to describe it. I've heard scientists and physicists describe it like di- different dimensions, and so you know, obviously whenever we talk about different dimensions, we just naturally, well, at least I do, I just naturally jump to Marvel and the Marvel universe, you know what I mean? Or like the DC universe, I mean, comic book world loves to play with dimensions, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, is it really time travel or is it just multiple dimensions in different sections of time? And anyway, regardless of it, I think that there are technologies and people, and I'm going to call them people, because I mean like self-aware beings capable of object reasoning um, that exists somewhere other than Earth uh, as we know it and, um, and that do come to the planet apparently with technologies we're unaware of. And so you could maybe they're from outer space on another planet or perhaps they're from another dimension that we're unaware of how to access. Right. And that might sound crazy, but I'm only basing that, of course, on the testimony of evidence that to me seems like, okay, there's people that claim that there's like crafts and technologies and quote unquote ships capable of flying 
that are that they've seen and they've tested and they can't figure out how they work or what the materials are made out of. Yeah. Um, so you know, how there was like an element that didn't exist before that Bob Lazar and other people talked about and everyone called them ridiculous because there's no other elements. And now we have a new element that scientists are now discovering, you know, it's like, okay, the same element that you said didn't exist. Yeah. So, I mean, like there's a lot of little things like that, that you're like, okay, this is, you know, just because we don't understand it, we don't know where these people are, are coming from or like, like that alien with the big eyes. And I mean, that could just be a robot. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't have to be an actual person. So you're giving me a very long answer. Well, of course I am. So do you believe that there's life out there? Yes or no? We are life. We are here. We, I believe in life. This whole show, this whole podcast we're talking about (laughs) is the unknown aliens, UFOs. Do you believe? Do I believe that there are self-aware beings with technology and capable capability of communicating with us that aren't part of our known that aren't from earth? our global of society on earth as we know it. Cause they, I mean, could be living under the ocean for all I know at this point, they could be freaking Aquaman under there. That's not what I'm asking in outer space, outside of our atmosphere. Do you believe there is life? Well, I don't know where these, these beings or uh, these people are coming from. I don't know where they're coming from. I'm not going to say that they're like, Oh, they come from outer space. We're just assuming they're from outer space because I'm not talking about these people. I'm asking what Matt's belief is. Do you think that there's life outside of the planet? Where they come from? You are such a politician. Are you? Are you? Like, what are you on CNN right now? Like, am I on your panel? Like, what what are we talking about? I'm asking a simple question. It's yes or no. Do you believe that there's aliens? Well, the word alien is different than do you believe that someone comes from outer space? You're assuming that an alien has to come from outer space. Oh my goodness! But I'm I'm specifically asking about outer space from another planet. There's another Earth that has other, it's not Earth, but it's another planet that inhabits a certain life form that could be intelligent or not. Do you believe that there's life outside of Earth? Well, I definitely believe there's life outside of Earth. We, we have life, but you mean intelligent life. I know you mean that. So I do believe that there are, there is intelligent life. There are people, and I use the word people, I mean, to mean an intelligent, be, like, like angels are people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got if it. you believe yeah. in angels, of course, they are non corporeal beings. They don't have, you know, actual like physical bodies, but they're a person because you can name them. They have like a personality mm-hmm. because they have the ability to reason and objectivity and all that. So, like, I believe that there are people and that there are people that exist with technologies that we're unaware of. Yeah. <clears throat> I, mean, so, I don't know where they come from. I mean, but when you, when you really, when you really get into it, I mean, there are. It seems. I mean, the the government has been studying these things and has released these things to us. Like, these are these are not like like it's not a conspiracy theory. Like someone told me, but it's never been confirmed by the government. The government has confirmed this year more than any other time uh, sightings of UFOs, the existence of the quote unquote you know what we call X Files. They've had it for years. We've all known they've had it for years. They've admitted to it. They stopped calling them UFOs. They gave it a new name, but they've been investigating these things because obviously if there's a technology that we don't have, is this a foreign government? Like that's always the first concern. You mm-hmm. know, is this the Russians? Is this the Chinese? Is this the? It's clear that this is not any of those things because everyone is 
studying these things at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's a phenomenon that happens all over the world. And the Russians are like, oh my gosh, this is the U.S.? Like, what do they have, flying saucers now? What the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Like, And so everyone is trying to figure out what these different phenomenon are. And they're all trying to do it secretly, you know? Yeah. Because they're all like, they don't want to pretend like they're behind the curveball. You know, everyone wants to pretend like they have all the latest technology and they're not behind the eight ball on this stuff, you know? So I just watched a docu-series on HBO Max that just came out. Um, and it just is called Heaven's Gate. See, that was a good little cork pop. I heard that, that was a good one. cork pop right there. Yeah, um, Isaac Bowman. So do you remember Heaven's Gate? Yeah. The, yeah, the cult that, um, I think it was like 39 I watched people. The, I watched like the YouTube... Uh, trailer like the long trailer for the for that the show, show? About to talk about so the um you know the Some the premise of this shit. this cult is heaven's gate and it started with uh d and doe and um that was these people's names that proclaimed they were from outer space and came here and that another ship is coming to pick them up right so just a oh, side. So the, the the leaders actually claim that they were from this outer space place, or that they've they're from here, but they've been to heaven they've already. Been there. Yeah, and they and they, like, and they came the people. Yeah, and they came okay. back, right? So anyway, but this is not a cult that lasted, you know, five years, ten years, and then they had this mass suicide to go to quote unquote heaven, right? Um, no, this was like a 30-year-long, you know, cult. Had okay. hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of followers, uh, maybe even thousands of followers across the country. I don't know if it was across the world, but across the country. Um, only 39 of them made it to this point of realization that there was a comet that was flying by. Which was the I forget what it's called now. At the time I had the, the oh Haley's comet, wasn't it? No, it was like Hibop or something like that. Hibop? That sounds like you just made that shit up. I know it sounds like it. Um, Hisop, some Hisop comet, right? Sorry, <laughs> get a little Old Testament on. Um, that. no, no, it was it was the um this there was a secondary comet comet that was coming right, and they're trying to get to the next level. The next level being heaven, right? So there's a whole bunch of different levels that you can go to, and you will graduate. And when you graduate, the only way to graduate is to pretty much get rid of your vehicle, your earthly vehicle, which is your body, um, to get into heaven. So they decided that— I mean, uh, how different is that really from Christianity, if you think about it? It's not any different other than the fact that— I mean, I'm just saying on a on a basic level, on a, like, yeah, like on a basic like to, molecular level, in order to go and to resurrect into eternity. I mean, there's a lot of different religions that believe that. If anything, it's it's like a commonality. It's like when you study creation, the oldest creation stories that exist out there, the similarities between them are like like stark. You know? Oh yeah. No, it, it's like pretty bad. Hail somebody's bop. copying somebody, or this is all coming from a generally similar source. Yeah. You know? 
So they, they have this comet called Hail Bop. That's what the name of the comet is, and that's legit the name. Hail Bop, a ditty bop, a ba doo bop. So this comet was coming, and there was a lot of speculation that there was a second comet or object behind that comet. Of course. And so, right, so the leader of Heaven Gate Doe is like, that's our spaceship. That's the spacecraft that's traveling with the comet, Hail Bob. the name of it was? Was it called something? Because, I mean, like, if I was going to make up some shit... I would give it a name, like some like someone would ask me, and I would just whatever the first thing came to my mind, I'd be like, "It's called, it's called 741." Yeah, I don't, I don't think the it best had a way name. I can express it in English because I can't express it in the alien language that I know because yeah. it doesn't translate because it's telepathic. But it would be like it would be the best way to describe it. I would call it, uh, you know, I don't know, yeah, Andropomia. So. Anyway, so they were getting ready to graduate, right? And nobody in this cult was forced to graduate. And if you wanted to leave the cult, you were free to leave the cult. Like, it was a weird thing. Like, there was no, like, nobody was bound to be a part of this. So, Heaven's Gate decides that there's a spacecraft coming behind the comet Hale-Bopp. And that 38 followers of Doe, which is... uh, their quote-unquote leader, um, were to prepare for ritual suicide so that their souls could board the the supposed craft, right? Which I think has later, or even around that time, has even be de- has been debunked that there wasn't a second object behind it. Like, but it was a worldwide speculation. Like, there's two comets coming, and so you're talking about this was in like '97. Um, yes, it was in '97. So. Not that far after, uh, I mean, we're just talking about the Zimbabwe thing was 94, I mean, 97, I mean, I don't know. Well, so 2000's coming, and that's when everybody thinking the world is going to end, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of that happening. What were you doing in 2000? Wait, let's go back to this real quick. We'll we'll get to that one next. I'm staying staying with you, staying with you. But so 2000's coming, so they're trying to speculate all this end of the world stuff that's happening, and so that's why when this, this comet came, it's like, hey, it's coming before the end of the world, right? So we need to get on this. Um, they all wore like identical clothes. They all had shrouds over them, except for two people. They killed each other, or they killed themselves in waves, right? Because they were talking about this documentary, like when they, the police showed up, not everybody was dead at the same time. So going off the decomposition of some of the bodies already, like there was a first group, a third of the group was, or half of the group was died three days before the last group, right? So they Whoa. they did the suicides of half the group on day one, and then day two, which the leader of the group was killed off in day two, and then there was two bodies found that didn't have shrouds on them. Um, and so they weren't killed in the same manner, and they were the last to go, right? So, but in now, this was documentary- there that was there- for all that, that like was like, I'm not doing it, and like left in day one or day two, or by that point, everyone there was. So no, but there were people that left very few days before. Type deal, yeah, like maybe a month earlier, and so just to just to preface this story a little bit more, I let everybody know their website is still active. Like there's still people and believers of Heaven's Gate that insanely regret not having the intellectual knowledge 
and capacity got off the earth. to graduate. Right. So after the suicides, right, there was, I think, three or four more suicides afterwards in different parts of the country of people that were very, like, in the cult that were no longer in the cult that realized they did it. They finally did it. They made their final exit, right? And they like off themselves. And it's 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 like nuts of like th- this is how inundated they were in this belief system that this spaceship was coming and they were hoping to still be able to make it on this this spaceship, right? Um there's people who tried to commit suicide and failed to commit suicide. And then they weren't put on any kind of real watch. And there was people that were like like found dead in the desert from a gunshot wound, you know. But they were like heavily into Heaven's Gate. And their last letters were like, hey, we're going off to the spaceship type deal, right? Um, so I don't so believe... So did you watch, the, you watch the whole documentary? Yeah. It was like a four-episode miniseries okay so i was like <laughs> i make it sound like it's this really long thing it actually was a pretty long thing it was like okay. it's like four or five hours long because okay. each one was like a little bit it was like either just an hour or just over an hour each episode so actually it was kind of long but so they had people on the on the documentary that were members right and like not just members of heaven gates but they had their names because i didn't know this until watching the documentary but everybody that was a member of heaven's gate got a new name and it all ended in Odie. And then there was symbolism between the first words. So there was this uh, this one guy. His name is Sawyer, but his name on in Heaven's Gate was like Sawodi. Okay. And so they all had their own names. And there was like... And it rhymed. All their names rhymed. Yeah, they were all Odie. So O-D-Y was the last portion of their name. Um, Doesn't that sound a lot like Obi-Wan? Uh, it could be. I mean, this is this is pre Star Wars, if I'm not mistaken, when this first came out. So maybe this is where Star is Wars came from. Pre Star Wars, I don't know. Okay. Well, actually, it started in '74, so who knows? Um, anyway, yeah, it it's nuts because you had these people that were like believers, and you had people that were like, "I'm glad I got out." Right when I when I did, I didn't realize how inundated I was in this. And there's other people that still believe. That it's happened, and they're like, I don't have the intellectual level yet to uh, graduate. You know, maybe someday I will. Does that mean that they're suicidal now or whatever? But the, I don't, I don't know. They still kind of refer to themselves as their Heaven's Gate name, you know. Um, but like, there was just like crazy stuff. They were in belief of, you know, most cults have a narcissistic. You know, psychopath, sociopath, leader, you know, I feel like a lot of it is sexual in nature to where they will take on child brides and they're allowed to have sex with anybody in the thing. But the other men inside this cult can't. And, you know, if you come in with a married wife, the wife can have sex with the leader, but the, you know, the married man has to let them like a lot of weird stuff like that. Right. Well, this particular cult had nothing like that. So no sex whatsoever. The women had to cut their hair just like the guys had to cut their hair. They all looked the same. They all kind of dressed they had, they the same. They were all celibate? They were all celibate. Exactly. Oh, so they were so all celibate. Were they, if they came in married, did, I'm assuming married couples joined. If they were all celibate like that, you know. And I believe some, that they stayed and remained celibate. Interesting. 
Um, so, like, let me ask you this question: when you when you watch documentaries like this, and there's yeah. other ones similar, you know, to different religious zealots, and you and me being religious people, who some people would consider religious zealots for mm-hmm. believing religious stuff. Uh, do you ever just look at all that and just kind of question like your nature, like how you look at all religious stuff and think like, golly, am I a religious zealot? Like, do I believe that? Okay. Like Christianity is the only real religion and that everyone that can go to heaven has to be baptized. And, you know, like even, you know, have some kind of faith in Jesus and that's the only way you can be saved. And like, yeah, I mean, even though, even though every religion like has these, like even these crazy cults, are like mimicking parts of religion. Like you have to lose oneself to gain oneself. And a lot of times it's about charity and love and all this other kind yeah, of stuff. I, I look at our, I look at Christianity and especially Catholicism as kind of one of the, if you looked at it from an outside perspective, I would say that we are probably the craziest sounding, like nuttiest. I mean, we can't, I mean, sounding and, and, religions. Uh, like you think just we're from an outside than Scientology. Well, Scientology is a cult, right? So that's that's well, a big I mean, difference. But, but a cult, the word cult. You mean the word cult to mean like a particular religious belief that's like so crazy, like no one else, like it's so like um, anti the rest of the world, like don't like it protects you from reasonable thought on your own, something like that, right? Whereas I, like, I consider the real a world cult. Is, is is meant to just mean any sort of like religious belief or practice you do over and over is technically a cult. Well, I, I really... consider a cult a, 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 a religious or I would say like a pyramid scheme um, that is disguised with religion, right? So there's different levels that you have to obtain to have more knowledge and stuff like that, which is all yeah. just, as a human, right. it's, that's just a literal like, bullshit. It's not transparent right? on the surface, let's put it that way. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and it's just, and I think that, so that that's general, where I think the, cult the negative is. connotation of cult, I think normally comes from basically like your believers are somehow insulated from other information. Like you don't go to debates and you can't just freely browse the internet and listen to whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so you have, you have these, these cults that are like, they're trying um, to, they're trying to censor your ability to uh, question. Like you're not they're, allowed they're, to question that, and their leader is human, or that their leader is you mean like in, like not so human, like he's extra divine or something, claiming to be extra divine. But I mean, does... technically, the Pope kind of claims to be extra divine. I I don't I don't know. I think that if you talk to any of the popes, especially in our modern time, <laughs> you know, Pope John Paul II, I believe, was famously quoted as saying he's the worst sinner in the world because if yeah, one, if, if anybody would know better shit because he wanted to be holy he was just hey if you if you want to be holy man you got to be holy right <laughs> anyway you my, gotta pretend like you a sinner to be holy well my point being is from from on paper if you look at catholicism specifically right we are a religion that currently has the uh the priests are celibate. Yes. Um, Not a lot of good PR on that department lately, but correct. they are supposed to be celibate. And while many of them, the vast majority of them are, it's just unfortunate that because there's so much scandal, 
that is evident in the church and you know but this has nothing to do with that <clears throat> what i I'm, mean you I'm, saying it doesn't have anything to do with it but it's like you know our it's like we're talking about cult and religion, and I know we're we've taken a, a bit of a turn from the UFO conversation, but it, it is true. I mean, if you look at it, it's like you know, um, you talk about celibacy and 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 breaking ties with the world in order to embrace divinity and taking on a new name, which we all do in baptism, and religious people do when they take on religious life. I mean, on one hand, you could say. All of these things are, you know, true because when you do those, you get closer to the truth of reality. But then the other part of you says, well, you are becoming further from reality because you're starting to believe in these cultist religious things and you're stop, you know, uh, experiencing like the real world. You know? So on, on keep in mind, I'm trying to talk about it from an outside perspective. I know. Of like, I know. <clears throat> so this has nothing to do with scandal. This has to do with the celibacy part in the fact well, that... Well, from an outside perspective, <clears throat> wait, 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 scandal wait, wait, let me... has effect. Okay. Okay, right. you got to let me finish. All right. So on paper, humanity, the way it works, is for us to procreate. Right? Yes. And you have people within the church that are not allowed to. Right. Right? And this is a direct... One of the first things God ever told us to do was be fruitful and multiply, right? And to watch over the earth, take care of the earth. Like that's, that's, he created man and he created woman for that exact reason, right? Did he, and, you, did he say to take over the earth or did he say to have dominion over the earth? Have dominion over the earth, which is not. Which you're translating to mean care for because it would be stupid to destroy something you were in charge of. But at the same time. Yes. Dominion yeah, exactly. over, uh, prudential judgment over. So, so that that's one aspect. We have we have within the Catholic Church, we have a church that believes in some pretty audacious miracles, which I would say of all the miracles that have been um, brought up, have been tried to be proven. There's there's only across all of history, there's only a handful that have been credited by the church as being this is truly a miracle, right? Whether it is um, body and blood coming from bread and wine, right? Um, But like literal, you know, a host actually bleeding human DNA, right? Um, Which is just nuts sounding, but it has been backed up by the church and science and stuff like that. Um, but we are also a church that believes that we consume human flesh and blood at every single mass. Sacramentally, you know? yes. Um, so those little things from an outside perspective, I think, just looks freaking insane so on paper. It sounds insane and looks insane. And we believe it to be truth, right? Um so I can see my whole point in saying this, that I can see how that's why I, I can agree that we are we can sound just as crazy as some of these cults. Right. Um, there isn't a level of whether or not I'm going to get to heaven before you by performing specific tasks that put puts notches on my soul to get me higher to heaven. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I can't race Matt to get to heaven before I mean, you. You could. You could race me. I mean, if you tried to get yourself martyred like St. Francis, he was all about trying to get himself martyred. 
He failed yeah, I, miserably I, at it, apparently. I he sucked. I, I think he tried that, to I think that anytime you try to get yourself martyred is not martyrdom. You know what I mean? I think they're well, and which is probably why it failed for him. You know what I mean? It, I don't think he failed. was in the right it frame failed of mind. But in the event that a situation would come up, I would rather be a martyr. Like if I had to choose a way to die with my belief system, whether it's like tortured and burned alive or whatever, beheaded, you know, insane torture. My belief system is that this life on earth is a blink of an eye compared to eternity, right? So the pain and excruciating pain you're going to go through is gone in an instant, you know, once you get to eternity, right? And you make it to heaven. And as a martyr, we believe you instantly go to heaven. But if I were to go out seeking martyrdom, I kind of feel like that would be like a self-righteous suicide of like, you know, which I don't think would get me straight into heaven. I like how you quoted, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember that band. What was that band named? The, the rock system, band. System of a Down. System of the Down. Okay. Yeah. You thought the same thing I did when you said self-righteous suicide. Anyway, I'm not going to go into that song right now because that's a whole other tangent. Right. The, the thing I'll say about St. Francis, just because you brought it up, and I referenced it, and some people, listeners might not know what we're talking about, but St. Francis at the time in the 12th century, you know, the Moors and the like, basically the Muslims you know, occupying parts, you know, close to the Holy Land or in the Holy Land, you know, there was a lot of death going back and forth and war. And so he thought like the ultimate sacrifice for Jesus would be to go like be martyred. So he literally went to the town uh, to go try to see the Sultan, but just figured he'd just go there and like tell him about Jesus and then he would get killed. And that would be the ultimate glory for, for Jesus. And if you ever know anything about St. Francis, he's a man of extreme, of extremes like you know he's like fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and then all of a sudden he realizes like oh no i'm trying to be like jesus i don't want to be like i don't want to try to be better than jesus and then he started eating as much food as he can so it's like he's a man of extremes so he just randomly goes off and he tries to like get killed by a bunch of muslims and he gets there and he he gets to the sultan he somehow gets to the sultan and he's talking to the sultan about jesus and and I don't know what he's doing, but somehow they just like him. They like him so much. They He gives him, like, all this money and riches. And he's like, here you go, buddy. Like, go off. Like, do whatever you want with it. Like, you're a good guy. Like, And St. Francis, of course, just, like, gave all that money away as he, like, went back home, <laughs> like, yeah. depressed that he didn't get killed. You know, like, it was like, and, and to this day, and because of that, because of that, uh, the Franciscans have always had a uh, a presence in Muslim countries, and that's why to this day Franciscans are actually in charge of the shrines in the Holy Land. Um, you know, though they've been occupied by different religious groups, they've always been this friendly relationship between the Franciscans and the Muslims ever since that time. So that's crazy, but that's just an example of um, that's I don't know. That's one of the reasons why I love Saint Francis. Right. But that's a complete side note to what we're talking about. But I guess. I'm agreeing with you that, you know, I, it's, you know, one of the things that I love about theology and religion and spirituality is like the reality of everyone's coming from their own place and we're all seeking the same truth, you know, meaning of life, you know, what's the way to peace, you know, and, and this desire that we somehow are beings that, 
are not just of this earth. Our capacity mm-hmm. for reason and we believe ourselves to be destined for immortality. And that sounds crazy, but that's been the case in every religion, every country, every society, every civilization. Like there's never been a civilization of people that doesn't believe in some sort of spirituality existence of beings outside of us a destiny beyond ourselves i mean this is this is true to human nature like we're just we're designed to believe that there's something after this life even you know and i know there's a lot of people that don't believe that but you look at the course of human history and every culture and place and you can call it different religions but you know people are called to a transcendent you know they believe that there's a greater good that exists yeah. even in politics you could be a bunch of atheists and believe in a greater good or the common good and the you know like these things how do they even exist outside of us um you know and um anyway well, i well you know, I, I but i was... do i do in reality i look at these things um i just want to share this one thing with you i know this taking yeah. a turn but you know when i was in new york um the franciscans in new york which I was a part of, was friends with a group of what most people would consider a cult-like thing, like Midianites, like Mormons, um, which I, you know, sorry to say that, but I mean, that's, people think of that that type of group, group of separatists. You know, they live a separate life and they cut themselves off from the rest of the world. And they live right, in community right, right. separate from everyone else is what yeah. I mean, which, you know, early Christians did. So I'm not saying that that's like inherently evil or anything. I'm just saying that's what they did. Um and they were called the Bruderhof. And the Bruderhof were from Germany. And um, we would go there. And they looked like they looked like Midianites. You know what I mean? They wore, like, you know, the hats and the long dresses. And, you know, everyone, you know, it was very rural. They planted stuff. They actually owned a furniture company. And they created furniture and sold it, you know, online and stuff. And you go there and they have communal meals. And so all the families come together and they sing songs and the women come out and serve all the food and um, everyone eats, you know, big meals and the kids, we were playing kickball. We, we get went there. We wouldn't play kickball with the kids. It was like a 50 child kickball game. Okay. Yeah. And we're on the side of a mountain. And I remember we were visiting with a family and this kid was showing me all this stuff that him and his dad collected from an old railroad tunnel in the mountains. And so it was like railroad spikes and, you know, anyway, this particular group of people, you know, they have the internet and television, but they don't have anything in their own home. In fact, they rotate homes every couple months so that nobody gets like uh, overly attached, I guess you would say. Yeah. Kids are basically like homeschooled inside this group until they're about their sophomore year in high school. And they go to public school and they go to the local public school um, junior and senior year and they graduate from the high school and then they have to take at least one year off like Mormons take a year or so off outside of the community go live right. in the real world for a year or two and then you can come back and you can live here and you can decide if you want to take like permanent vows to stay here which is usually when they get actually baptized and then they permanently are part of that community you know yeah Um, they also don't believe in divorce and the validity and constancy of marriage and stuff like that. I remember we were at a dinner party once at the friary and the wife of the guy who was there, they were, I don't know what they were talking about with someone. And she says something to, uh, this, but my buddy, brother Alan, she goes, yeah, we believe in the indissolubility of marriage, both in practice and in theology. 
<laughs> like a dig to Catholics who often have so right. much, um, uh, you know, annulments and divorce and stuff in the church. So it's like a little dig there, you know, like uh, we're 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 more Catholic than you are, kind of thing. Right. Um. But um. I mean, it's like when I, we were around those people, you know, it's like, you're like, okay, I mean, I, I, I'm in some kind of other world. I'm like in Mormon world, but they weren't anti-technology. I mean, they had internet. They learned from, you know, when they were in school, they would have like televisions and internet. They, they were well aware of, they were kind of like, they were very socially liberal on some things. And, you know, I mean, they weren't like a typical conservative Christian would be, you know, so to say. Yeah. Uh, it was right when Obama first got elected, you know, they were very excited about Obama being elected and, um, like, you know what I mean? Like, it just wasn't like what you would, con- would you would consider like yeah. a conservative religious cult would be like kind of thing. Anyway, um, the kids were just the happiest kids you'd ever see. You know what I mean? And like, and like I was like, these kids don't know the, what the real world is, but I don't know if that's the real world or this is the real world. But that kid who gets to go treasure hunting in mines, you know, like in, in freaking old railroad mines with his dad and like has a freaking giant collection of crap he's dug up. Like that kid was the happiest kid I've ever encountered. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I'm like this kid, like, I don't know who's missing out on what, but I'm pretty sure that this kid isn't missing out on much. Right. You know? Now, I mean, I'm not like talking about the life of the Bruderhof all, you know, like everything else, but it was like, you know, and those kids go to high school and they, encounter other teenagers who are really screwed up i mean they're just like kids yeah. who are like they hate themselves they hate themselves i think these girls no one is wearing makeup everyone's in like these weird garb and like they probably are being joked about and stuff in, in high school but yet they go home to like a happy life and people that love them and like yeah. all the kids are playing outside on this beautiful gorgeous mountainside <laughs> Anyway, so like they're like, and they believe different religious theology than I do. But at the same time, I see the best of my own religious beliefs in them. You know, Christians that lived together, lived apart from regular society and only really interacted with society when necessary, you know? Right. Whereas today we really just live among society and only interact with other Christians when necessary. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. The opposite way around. Anyway, I don't know where I went with all that. Well, I, so well, we talk, we're talking about you know religion. I think I'll, I'll bring it back home to the UFO talk. Is if there because I had asked you before we got into the religion and cults and stuff like that. It does does Matt believe that there's life outside of this our Earth? Right. I I personally believe that life does exist outside of it. I just don't understand why people would put limitations on God's creative power, right? Um, That he would only create Earth as the only, and humans as the only living species, right? So my question is, when the second coming happens and Jesus comes back riding on a white horse to go battle Satan for the final time to convert everybody to Christian when heaven and earth collide. What happens when we discover that there is, and we have definitive proof that there are aliens and other life forms out there, you know, that's, that's, that's the brain fart conundrum that I think about, 
in a morning shower when I'm like just randomly pop into my head some kind of off the cuff topic. And I wonder if God, you know, because we came from Adam and Eve is from our belief system, you know, and from more of an evolutionary standpoint of the first humans being Adam and Eve type, right? Um, well, original who's to say, who's to say that Adam and Eve, which are names that we're giving the first parents, first right. parents to have objectivity, the ability to think rationally outside themselves, that creation and the image of God, who's to say that those parents don't father children that are that are these same beings, these same persons who exist interdimensionally? Yeah, if you want to go totally I mean, philosophical I don't know. I'm on the saying, whole thing, like, I don't, I don't. My point I, is, is that I don't have that, any like real answer to the question. But I, what I'm saying is that you know it would be interesting to see what the religious belief of other you know create you know other beings, other persons outside of this planet would be. You know, they would probably have a similar array of religious beliefs. You know what I mean? That wouldn't, and I would be very interested to see what those are. You know, like is there. Are there alien life forms out there that have not committed their original sin? Hmm. You're talking about oh, you're talking about beings that perhaps are existing. I mean, like, you know, even if even if we didn't even if we didn't commit the original sin, you know, really life prior to original sin was still not quite heaven. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you weren't like in heaven. There were oh right. Know, the paradise was still a place of uh, testing. You know what I mean? So it was still a place of time. It was in time and space. And you could make a decision and eventually end up in heaven forever or eventually create thus our current timeline. Right. So I, I just think about, you know, Jesus comes back, heaven and earth collide. There's no more Earth, like we're all in heaven and stuff like that. And then aliens fly by, and they're like, "Hey, there's this." Yeah, I don't know if the physical Earth goes away. Like, I don't know what the theological teaching is on the physicality of our world after the second coming of Christ. You know, and I, I personally don't believe that there can be a, a legitimate, I guess, dogmatic belief system on what happens to the physical world after we all go to heaven, right? Um, well, I don't, I don't, say how, the, how, I don't physical know how we world, know. but there is a belief, of course, that we do receive a our our physical bodies back. Correct. Yeah, yeah. But in a perfectly spiritual type of way, which I know it's a little confusing. We're not gonna get all in that, but well, that, that's my point is to not necessarily get into that, but you know, let's say we finally contact life out there, right? We don't speak their language. We don't know anything about it. We're trying to interpret. We're trying to figure all this stuff out. And we come to the realization that, you know, their history is vastly longer and more pronounced than ours is here on Earth. You know, they've been around for trillions and trillions and trillions of years. We've been around for millions of years, you know. and Or maybe we were just like an offshoot of them. Maybe some people came here onto mm -hmm. this planet to start something different. Maybe, you know, and it, is that our Adam and Eve, mm -hmm. you know, 
Um, could there be like basically I was reading an article saying what would happen with religions if we found out that there was life on other planets, right? Because there's some religions that have like Buddhism, for example, I think is a lot more uh, accepting of life outside of this, of our solar system, right? Of our world, of, our, of Earth. Um, but I think that, you know, one of the questions come up would be like, would, would there need to be literally Jesus or is there another Jesus? Like an alien Jesus? Yeah. You know what I've I mean? actually, actually, have you seen the, uh, speaking of the nativity set <laughs> at the Vatican, have you seen the, the, the current nativity set not. at the Vatican? Again, that could be alien Jesus there. That could be what that is. It could be, we could be signaling to the other worlds right now. Everyone's making fun of the Vatican, of the, uh, of the nativity set at the Vatican. Joke's on you. The Vatican is the first person intergalactically sending a message to the world. Jesus is the savior of all that galaxies. Oh, my gosh. I'm looking at a picture <laughs> you, of it. You just Googled it? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost worse in person. I mean, like, like when you see it, because like, sometimes when people, like, talk shit about the Vatican and what they're doing over there or, like, I can't believe they had this, you know, Pantry Mama statue, you know? You're like, oh, you think just worshiping a pagan idol is a big deal? Wait till you see this, this, this shit. So what's funny is I, I typed in Vatican Nativity 2020, and it always comes up with, like, suggested searches, I guess, maybe that are, like, <laughs> Yeah. Go with it. <laughs> oh, please. So, tell like, me what one of them is. is just seen Christmas tree, Pope Francis, and then Darth Vader is an <laughs> is the one that pops up. There right? is a Darth Vader y type feel to some of these statues. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, I <laughs> that's in, but but hey, if you knew there was intergalactical beings that looked very different than us, and you wanted to portray to them the crash. In a way that was interspecial, perhaps this would be actually um, one day looked back on in the past as being uh, positive, you know, a way so, for us to demonstrate to other species of persons. I guess that it's that bad that an art historian said, tweet, <laughs> tweeted out. So the Vatican, what is it? Precip? Do you know what that word is? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know what you're reading. I don't know. The, I'm going to say now. P-R-E-S-E-P-E. -E. So anyway, the Vatican, whatever, has been unveiled. Turns out 2020 could get worse. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it really that bad? Is it really 2020 bad? is just that year where you're going to make everything bad, and then anything that could be bad, you make it worse. Yeah, it looks like car parts, kid toys, and an astronaut. That's what they're saying. Um, I don't, I mean, this definitely looks like an astronaut. Yeah. There's an in astronaut in there for sure. I mean, is Mary the astronaut? No, no, no. They look normal. I mean, it, they look normal for the, I guess the theme of whatever the, the like stylized pole style. It looks like one of the, you know, wise men looks like an astronaut. Yeah. Yeah. With the helmet. There's an There's old like a, Spanish cathedral that has an astronaut like carved into it. From like centuries ago, and it's one of those conspiracy alien theories about this, uh, this like uh, astronaut car astronaut carving of uh, of this being on the Spanish cathedral. 
You're totally Googling that right now, aren't you? Dude, that's nuts. It, is, it does look like a freaking Doesn't it? It looks astronaut. exactly like an astronaut. It's like, that was, I mean, what century was it done? And I don't know. It was done way before astronauts for sure, but. It like, was, it looks like he's got like a helmet on. oxygen tube and everything. Space, yeah, space suit, oxygen <laughs> tubes. What What cathedral is it on? It's an old um, famous. I, all I did was search Spanish cathedral with astronaut. Okay. And it popped right <laughs> it popped, uh, okay, well, for those that Salamancas. Okay. Salamancas. Salamancas? Uh, Salamancas. ding dongs. <laughs> Just I don't Google Salamancas ding dong and a uh, Spanish astronaut, and you will see this very interesting figure that looks exactly like an astronaut that was carved hundreds of years before astronauts existed. Dude, this, this episode is making me want to dive so deep into everything we've been talking about between the supernatural, UFOs, paranormal, cults, and our own faith. (laughs) And I feel like we should start a new podcast on, like, you know, the Catholic version of Coast to Coast. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, maybe the guy show has just ended, and we, we are going to become <laughs> become the paranormal coast to coast. Yes, um, this is um, making me want to dive so deep, and Elise is going to get so mad at me because she's going to be like, "I'm going to order, I'm going to start ordering some like phasers and meters online." Interesting. Uh, perhaps you should just watch Phenomenon on Prime. It's a great, it's a great little video. It's a great primer to a lot of the most you know, doc, yeah. well-documented type cases of um, aerial phenomenon and other things. And, um, yeah. you know, kind of get your feet wet and then go from there. But anyway, um, this was an interesting exercise of the mind, Will, um, that I was not prepared I, to do, but it ended up being interesting. Yeah, very very interesting and somehow we still managed to end on the one thing everyone can agree on in 2020 is that the vatican nativity set is cray cray right exactly. <laughs> if there's one thing we wanted in 2020 was just to end on a normal note and you did you guys did not deliver yeah i think that's nuts so <laughs> yeah guys thanks for uh sticking with us for this little longer episode we did on monoliths tic tacs heaven's gate and jesus <laughs> um anyway matt what are you gonna drink for the next episode you're gonna do something different this time you're gonna go out and buy something well it depends if we're gonna do the next episode right after this one because then i'm just gonna use the same bottle i'm using but uh i don't know <laughs> I might switch it up to peanut butter after this banana foster. My, my Christmas whiskey is waiting for me, so if we if we do an episode in Christmas season, mm, I'll have to I try can't that wait out. to tell you about that one. All right, guys. It's been fun. This is That Guy's Show. I'm William. I'm Matt. Peace. Peace.